Welcome to the Supporting Children Affected by Domestic Abuse podcast. In this series, you'll learn about some of Stockport's domestic abuse partnership projects that are addressing this important issue. We share with you our learnings from a series of intervention and prevention projects from across our borough, including innovative work in hospitals, schools and training. Through this series, we hope that we can share and inspire similar projects in other local authorities and communities across the UK and beyond. This multi-agency approach is funded by the Home Office to explore how best to support children that may be experiencing domestic abuse. These projects aim to explore different ways to educate children, professionals and perpetrators in relation to domestic abuse. The ultimate aim was to reduce the impact on children and young people where they were experiencing domestic abuse, either in their own relationships or within their family homes. The episodes were recorded live at the Children Affected by Domestic Abuse Conference hosted by Stockport Metropolitan Borough Council. In this episode, you'll hear from Dan Rowlands, the Safeguarding Training Manager at Stockport Safeguarding Children's Partnership Training. Dan outlines the latest stats relating to domestic abuse, explains the importance of a multi-agency approach when it comes to domestic abuse training, and why you should consider getting your team trained in this important issue. Oh, and in this episode, Dan refers to his slides. You can find a link to those in the show notes. My name is Dan Rowlands. I'm the Safeguarding Training Manager for the Stockport Safeguarding Children's Partnership. So in terms of my role, I'm responsible for running, coordinating training within Stockport on a multi-agency basis. So you've heard from some, some of the midwives and idvers who run training. In respect of the CADA project, my role within that has been to develop and run and facilitate training in respect of domestic abuse. Um, and you've heard from some of the other projects there. So basically, the CADA project has got um, kind of four areas. You've heard from, from IDVERS, you've heard from midwifery. The slides will be available on Safeguarding Children in Stockport website, so you don't have to make huge notes if you don't want to. Why the focus on domestic abuse? Okay, so I'm just going to put up a couple of pictures, if you can see them. So that is Claire Wood. You will have heard of her because Claire's Law, that came from that particular case. Um, she was murdered by her boyfriend. Horrific case. and that came. So that brought Claire's Law into effect um, in 2014. There's some challenge around Claire's Law because actually a lot of victims, the perpetrators, do not have police records. Okay, so there's a challenge around that. So just because there's a clear police record doesn't mean that everything's hunky-dory, okay? Next case is a local case. This guy, Ian Hindmarsh, he was the first person to be convicted of coercive control in Greater Manchester. So he perpetrated a horrendous tirade of abuse against his girlfriend. He racially abused her. He sexually assaulted her. The kids were there. They witnessed it. This is children affected by domestic abuse. So obviously the impact on them was massive. And Naz mentioned before about boys, um, and I'm quite keen being a man and a dad and a professional that we don't forget about men as well. 
Obviously, we know statistically, I'll show you some stats in a minute, we know that women statistically are the main victims. However, we mustn't make assumptions, okay? So this guy here is a guy called Alex Skeel. I won't go into too much information because you need to come on our training and find a little bit um, more about that. So Alex was um, 21. He, his girlfriend there is called Jordan Worth. She's now serving seven years. She was the first woman to be convicted under the coercive control legislation which came into effect uh, as part of the Serious Crime Act 2015. So before that, it was really, really difficult to um, convict people for coercion and control because what we saw domestic abuse as was a punch, a slap, a hit, a physical act. And actually what we know is there's a whole creeping um, kind of you know, set, set and pattern of behaviours behind that, okay? Interestingly, it's still really hard to get a conviction for coercion and control, but we now have the legislation um, to deal with that. Because if you didn't know, there is not a crime you can be convicted for for domestic abuse. It doesn't exist, okay? So that is Alex. Alex was battered by Jordan. She hit him with hammers. She um, poured boiling water over his head. Um, no one believed him. They made up stories because she was a little pretty... Um, educated woman, no one believed that she was abusing him. And it was actually the one particular police officer who really, professional curiosity, he really pushed that forward with Alex. Don't never assume in terms of domestic abuse because it cuts across all, all boundaries, all classes, all social stratas. So that's Alex. So in ter we, know, we know that, There's the, these are our high profile cases. You're gonna hear from somebody with direct experience, which will be much more powerful. That's some of, the, some of the best stuff you can hear is direct from survivors. Naz has already said, it's depressing. It is depressing stuff. So in terms of stats, I'm gonna depress you a little bit more. These statistics, you might not be able to see them all. Again, these will be available, but this is taken from um, the Office of National Statistics. So every year what they do is they collate information from the National Crime Survey um, and from police forces. They get all that together about um, domestic abuse. So what they're saying is that, um, according to that crime survey, 2.4 million adults experienced domestic abuse in the year ending March 2019. Um, that's only what we know. That's only reported, okay? What we do know is it's, it takes many, many times for people to report domestic abuse. So incidents will occur before that's reported. Depressingly, that's gone up. The last uh, set of stats the previous year was 2 million. Uh, the police recorded 1.3 million domestic abuse-related incidents and crimes in that year, and 746,000 of those actually became crimes, again, an increase of 24% from the previous year. Okay, there is some issues around the way that police have started recording crimes, not a bad issue, the right thing to do. So police have started recording incidents and crimes at the point that that call is made because what had happened previously was some of those crimes hadn't been recorded. So sexual crimes and domestic abuse related crimes and they should have been recorded. I'm not knocking the police at all. It's a, they do a fantastic job and it's a really difficult job. But in terms of systems and way, ways we, we record, that has changed. Um, stalking and harassment is massive. Okay, it's one of the... Is, um, any police reps here? Emma? Yeah? Okay, hi, Mel. So it's going to be one of your priorities, isn't it, for, for next year? Stalking and harassment is massive. 
Uh, the stats around that, that police last year recorded 166,000. So that's 22% of all domestic abuse related crimes were stalking and harassment. I'll come on to a little bit about the S-Dash shortly. Greater Manchester recorded 46,000 domestic abuse related crimes in the year ending March 2019. Also some other really nice stats. So Marac stats, put your hands up. Do you know what Marac is? Some people yes, some people no. So Marac is multi-agency risk assessment conference. It's where each authority looks at the highest risk domestic abuse cases and they're supposed to be cases where it's risk of homicide or significant harm to victims. Okay, so really important, really important forum to have in each authority. The Office of National Statistics said that last year over 114,000 children were discussed nationally at Marac. Now that is a huge number. If you're thinking that they are the cases where there's risk of homicide or death, that's huge. So the impact on children is massive. In terms of Stockport, so the GMP figures for Stockport, actually in terms of call-outs, DA-related call-outs, were lower than some of the neighbouring authorities. But, and here's the bit about children, we have a higher percentage of those where children are involved, okay? So we know locally it's a massive issue. Now, Stockport generally is quite, quite a rich authority, quite an affluent authority. Doesn't matter. Domestic abuse happens everywhere. So in terms of our role in CADA and the Domestic Abuse Project, it's kind of our main, um, our main drive has, has been to create a new training session because what we, what we knew was that Professionals working directly with domestic abuse cases, so those specialists, IDVAs, social workers, safeguarding leads, they knew about domestic abuse, obviously the police as well. They were aware of it, they knew about it, they knew about the processes. But what we found out is that a lot of practitioners on the ground didn't. So I've just asked you there who knew Marac. I reckon about 35%, sorry, about 50% of you put your hands up. So who's heard of Dash? Okay, so again, maybe 60% of you. The other bit is, for those, the stats on the Mentimeter, so you had about 65 people saying they'd never attended training in the last 12 months. So we know that people aren't aware of the processes, what to do. Erica, you mentioned it, you said people weren't quite sure what to do with that information. Yes, we can ask it. What do we do with it? Where do we go with it? That's why training became really important. So we developed an all-age domestic abuse basic awareness course. The all-age bit is really, really important as well because... Domestic abuse does not happen in nice little packages. It will not stop because it's a weekend. It will not stop because there's kids there. It won't stop because there's adults there. It won't stop because adults are 85, 90. Yeah, so it's really important that we think about an all-age approach to that. And uh, certainly in, in Stockport, there's been really good joining up in terms of training between adults and children's think family. Make sure we don't just work in silos with children or adults. So a group of us have spent quite a lot of time preparing this training, getting it up and running, developing it, tweaking it, tweaking it again. Um, we had a session run yesterday. Sarah Davison, put your hand up. So Sarah ran a session yesterday. So this training is developed by Stockport Without Abuse. Uh, health visitors, health leads, safeguarding leads, the police, Stockport Homes, TPA, Pennine, whoever missed out, I'm sorry if I have done. This is what it does, so there's the list about what it does. So it looks at relevant guidance legislation, how to recognise domestic abuse and its different forms, 
how to ask questions safely, how to complete a dash form, what Marac is, and kind of obviously how to where to go and what to do and what services to get involved. So we started that in November last year. Since then, we've trained over 200 practitioners. I guess some of you in this room have been on that training. Also, Lisa Wilkie from TPA, where are, where are you, Lisa? So Lisa has um, done a, a one-woman show and trained pretty much all of the TPA. 54 of the TPA members have been trained as part of that train-the-trainer pool. Sorry, I forgot Aspire within developing that. How can you forget Aspire? So Aspire are our um, complex safeguarding team, and in Stockport, they also deal with high-risk domestic abuse cases as well. A lot of it, we're lucky here because other authorities don't do that. High-risk domestic abuse and a lot of other authorities' social care teams is, is business as usual. We're lucky that we've got Aspire um, to assist with us in that, really. Okay, so that's kind of some of the highlights of our training. A little bit more about that, uh, Janet Willocks mentioned the NCDV, National Centre for Domestic Violence. So as part of that um, all-age domestic abuse training, we've run two days, two full days over the last year, where we've done the basic awareness domestic abuse training. We've had Tony Johnson come in and do a session on the National Centre for Domestic Violence. They are a, a philanthropic organisation. They exist on donations. And what they do is they assist victims in achieving orders so non-molestation orders are a key one there. They're successful in about 85% of those, getting those orders within 24 hours, which is really, really key in terms of protecting victims. So they came along, and also the National Probation Service came and did a session about MAPA awareness. So MAPA is multi-agency public protection arrangements, and that is like the MARAC for probation for offenders it's really important we don't forget about perpetrators and offenders when we're doing our work. Um, that, so they run through the process of, of how they work, how they risk manage offenders, and more crucially, how we all work, should work together uh, in multi-agency plans in protecting children and, and adult victims as well. We've also got a full day course run by Leanne Baines from Aspire, run by Janet, you run that as well and um, one of the old educational psychology team from Stockport. So that's a full day about the impacts of domestic abuse on children. We also have, I'm going to include honour-based violence and forced marriage because we run through that in our training. There's also a huge element around coercion and control in that. So we have been working with Project Choice, who are a great Manchester-wide organisation. They run training and there's a session on the 12th of March which is fully booked up. They're a fantastic organisation. Some of you may have seen them at the Complex Safeguarding Conference last year. And what they do is they support victims and support social care teams, multi-agency teams in, support, in, in supporting and making victims safe. We've also got training sessions on female genital mutilation. Again, there's a huge element of coercion and control where that's concerned. So we've got Peggy Malongo from Nestac, which is a, a Greater Manchester organisation. They are the organisation. So all the social care teams will use those in Section 47 inquiries. Um, they are doing some training on the 1st of July. There's still some space on that, so get yourself booked on to that. So the honour-based violence, or so-called honour-based violence and forced marriage strategy has been published. Kath Carey and Rebecca Key, and Rebecca, have produced that. 
that's our own Stockport guidance. So it gives you really, really good guidance around what to do if you suspect honour-based violence or forced marriage. The stats are that about 12 people a year are killed in Britain as a result of honour-based violence. We know again that that's underreported because some people who committed suicide committed suicide wasn't actually suicide okay that guidance is good it's got practical tips what to do how to respond um it also looks really snazzy rebecca and it's available on our website as well another shameless plug uh, what i would say about honor based violence is if you suspect it do not go and speak to parents about it it goes against what we're taught which is always speak to the parents but if you suspect honor-based violence, do not discuss it with the parents. There is something called the one-chance rule, and that is included in that guidance. That one-chance rule means get as much information from that victim as possible. Names, dates, passport, plans for travel, all of those things, family members. Get that there and then, because that might be the last time you see that person. Do not contact family members. Contact the police. Contact the forced marriage national helpline. Contact social care. Well, the MASH, okay. Do not go to um, family members. We'll, I'll give you a couple of examples of cases where that went wrong. So the links in the honor-based violence strategy, there's a TED talk by Jasvinda Sanghera. So she is the founder of a Leeds-based organization called Carmen Ivana. They are a, a national organization that help victims of honor-based violence. She's got a brilliant quote, which is, cultural acceptance does not mean accepting the unacceptable. It is not part of my religion or culture to abuse anybody and professionals need to wake up and own that as a fact, okay? That is a really, really useful quote. What that means is that there are ultimates, so abuse is not okay, yet violence is not okay um, and she kind of encapsulates within that. So there's a TED talk on there from her. Um, there's also an hour-long documentary there, a link about Banaz Mahmood. So Banaz Mahmood was an Iraqi woman who, was, who lived in Wembley in London, and she reported to the police that she was going to be killed by her parents. Agencies tried to mediate with the family. She's now dead. Okay, so that's, that's the one chance rule why you do not go and speak. You'll have also heard of Shafila Ahmed. So the, um, she, was, she was actually born in my city, Bradford, but she was murdered by a family in Warrington because of she, she wanted to choose the person she wanted to marry. So I need to touch on Operation Encompass, which is the point-to-point -point information sharing system between police and schools. So what happens is the police attend a job overnight where there is a domestic abuse incident and either children live there or children are present, okay, and witness that. It's a really, really good scheme. They then inform the right people in schools, so there's designated people within schools. The school can then take appropriate action. That might just be to offer support low level, but it might also be the final piece in a jigsaw that makes that school think, hmm, I, this is really serious. This is safe, a, a big safeguarding issue. Okay, I've got some more information, and then obviously further plans are put into place. So we've done five sessions, six. So Julia and Shirley... So those guys have been um, crucial in running that. As part of Operation Encompass training, we have um, done some, some of the basic domestic abuse awareness. What was interesting was that the group there, the groups there, hadn't heard of Marac or, or Dash. Okay, so they'd not heard, they weren't aware of the processes. Now that's, this isn't a slur, but that's head teachers, that's safeguarding leads. That's why we've got the training in place, okay? 
if you go on www.safeguardingchildreninstockport.org.uk, you will be able to access links from there, really. What I would say is, book on our training. It's free, and we'll come out and do it, depending on where you are. So we're going to do all the police reliefs in Stockport. We're going to go out and train them. But come up, book on the training via Learning Pool, which is the council's website. You can do that even if you're not a council member. Come on our training, it's free. won't change the world, but it will definitely give you a better insight into awareness of, of domestic abuse. Thank you very much. If you or anyone else you know is suffering from domestic abuse, please call the National Domestic Abuse Helpline 24 hours a day, seven days a week on 0808 2000 247. That's 0808 2000 247. For more information about what's been discussed in this episode, please visit safeguardingchildreninstockport.org.uk. Further links are available in this episode's show notes. You can also join the conversation on social media. Both Twitter and Facebook are forward slash StockportMBC. This podcast is produced by me, Elizabeth Turnbull and is a Mike Media production.